do somewhat of a workshop, workshop seminar. And I want to actually do um, a preaching seminar. And so I want to talk to you about, um, I want to talk to you about how to write a message. One of the things I've found is that a lot of people learn how to communicate because they learn by watching preachers, but they don't actually learn how to write a message. So they communicate looking just fine, but don't always say much or say something that actually is anything meaningful. So I want to talk to you today about how to write a message. Now, I know that some of you aren't preachers, but this will be helpful. Um, hopefully, some of the things will be helpful in kind of any kind of public speaking communication. You cannot be a leader and not do public speaking. It doesn't work. You can't be a teacher. You can't be a principal. You can't be a business owner. You cannot be a politician. You cannot be in the media. You cannot be a leader without at some point having to speak publicly. And so, and one of the reasons why, and so there is a fear of public speaking. I saw some, I saw something where they said that actually the num people fear public speaking more than death, uh, which is kind of irrational. But the, uh, but I believe the reason why people do fear public speaking is a inexperience and also insecurity. Insecurity in the fact that they're not even they're not sure about what they're saying. So, if you know how to write a message and be sure of what you're saying, that eliminates a whole lot of fear. Not only that, if you know how to the way I'm going to teach you how to write a message, um, I personally believe. I now I know for a fact that's not the only way to preach. There's all different types of ways of preaching. So some of you might be embedded in a way of preaching that's different. That's fine. I'm not telling you to change the way you preach, but with, um, but the way I'm going to teach you to, how to do it, I feel is a good way, especially pastorally, how to preach. It helps you to learn what to say and what not to say. It helps you to become clear. And even if you're not anointed, people can leave from one of your messages and actually know what you've said. Okay? <laughs> so preaching is a gifting, but the Jesus said, God has anointed me to preach the gospel. It's, there's an anointing to preach, but that doesn't mean that we all, you all won't at some point preach. And it doesn't mean that if you do, that you could still have something to say and have people take something away with them, which is what we want to do, okay? So what I'm going to teach you is actually a method I learned at Bible college and I've stayed with it for the last 20 years. And it was funny, I know all the other classes before and after did the same method, but the year that I learned was actually learned from Robert Ferguson came and lectured our class. It was the only semester he ever lectured there. And it was the year I was there. And I've used the same method ever since in how to preach. So I want to talk to you about it. Um, so if you, think, if you see this, think of that as kind of like a, a sideways um, hourglass. Okay? Filter down, flesh out. Okay? Filter down, flesh out. And there's, and there's seven steps to getting a message ready to share, okay? So the first step is this. Number one, prepare the heart and mind. Prepare the heart and mind. So what that means is actually prepare, uh, prepare yourself um, 
to get something from God with what you need to say. I know myself, even if I'm preaching, preaching something that I've preached before, I need to spend a bit of time to make sure that that is what God wants me to say. Because there's a, there's a timing thing in what we share as well. So prepare the heart and mind. That's why it's really important if you're going to be a preacher that you do devotions on a daily basis. Uh, spend time in God's Word and time in, God, and time in prayer. I personally find the thing that has really helped my preaching over the last 15 years in terms of, in terms of getting something to say has been journaling. So some of you may remember 2002, Wayne Cadero, um, he did a thing on journaling at State Conference Queensland. Ever since then, I've been doing that. And then for the last 10 years, because he teaches you how to do it and you do like four chapters a day, which is good. Then for 10 years, uh, God told me to not lecture, you know, not read four chapters and, and journal on one verse. He told me to journal on a, every verse, a, a verse every day. So what that means is start at Genesis 1.1 and keep going. So it's been 12 years later, I think, actually, since I started doing that. Just today I hit Leviticus. The last chapter of Leviticus, I've got four verses to go. I'm out of Leviticus. This is after 12 years. <laughs> but the thing it taught me, okay, the thing it taught me is you can get something out of every verse of the Bible. Okay, that actually helps us to meditate on God's Word and digest it. So journaling. So I'm not saying do that, but I am saying I recommend you can get, you know, off a U version and that sort of thing. There's reading plans. Read the Bible in a year. Read the Bible in two years, something like that. Read the three or four chapters that they've put there. And then from that, one will probably light, at least one should light up. And then you journal on that. And when you do that, you start unpacking and digesting. You know, when you're just reading, you read and you skim, you don't always digest. It's kind of like sniffing food but not eating it, okay? But when you spend time journaling, you're unpacking it, you're digesting it, and you're getting... And every so often you'll get something and you'll think to yourself, that'll preach, <laughs> right? So, so, um, so prepare the heart uh, and mind. Uh, the second thing is identify the topic. Identify the topic. The topic is the sermon in one word. The sermon in one word, right? So, um, can anyone tell me, give me a topic? Love. Love's a topic, yep. Anything else? Praise, yep. Redemption. Sorry? Growth. Grace. Prayer. Jesus. Finally a Christian. Anything else? Any other? Go. Family. Now, no, they're all topics. They're all topics. Um, what I found, and look, uh, I was only a pastor for a few years. So local church pastor, you know, youth pastor. I, the difference between doing that and travelling was the different anointings. So what that meant was I would, and I, so I know what it's like. You know, I would preach to my youth group on something, then a guest would come and say the same thing and they'd act like they'd never heard it before. <laughs> right? So I know, I know, I know how that feels. But what I would do 
is I would take a topic like many of you do and you'd spend like six weeks on it. In order to imbibe it into the culture, you would take a few weeks to get it in there. You know, a guest might come in and preach something once and it lands, but when you're local, very often you've got to just keep massaging that thing, talk about it. That's how you can often change culture. I, we had uh, Pastor Danny Guglamucci, uh when I was um, at, at my home church, IC Church, he was talking to all the leaders. And then he, when he was pastoring Edge Church in Adelaide, it had such a high level of servanthood. It was off the Richter, the servanthood and the hospitality. And one of, our, one of the staff at, our, at the church I was at um, said, uh, said to Pastor Danny, Pastor Danny, how did you get such a great servanthood culture in your church? And he said, well, I preached on servanthood for 16 weeks. <laughs> then we had a servanthood culture. And basically he took one topic and kept going. Some of you who travel, you might preach on one thing once and it just covers and it just hits. It's a prophetic anointing. But when you've got pastor, teacher, line upon line, build, 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 Often you have to take one topic and just keep massaging it, coming at it with different angles, okay? So identify the topic that you're wanting to talk about, all right? Um, the third thing you need to do is a delivery style. Style. Um, what am I trying to do? Am I trying to make them do something? Am I trying to make them aware of something? That's kind of like how or why um, some people, and Robert Ferguson was teaching this bit. I, I don't 100% agree with it, but it doesn't matter. Um, and that was that, um, you know, teaching is all about how, preaching is about why, and that sort of thing. But it's a matter of what am I going to say? How am I going to put this across? What am I trying to do? I've made this mistake myself many times. I've preached the right thing the wrong way. Preached the right topic, but delivered it in the wrong way. Uh, and, and you see that all the time, you know. So, and, and, I, and I personally have learned over the years to be less and less hard and more and more gentle because you can preach the same thing but do it in a, do it in a different way. So, so that's the style. The fourth thing, which is what I'm really trying to get to and is the most important thing in the whole, in the whole um, message, is your proposition. So you know how I said the topic was a sermon in a word. The proposition is a sermon is in a, is a topic, a sermon in a sentence. In a sentence. That is when you narrow down the topic to something more palatable and narrower. If you get up and do an entire topic in one sermon, it will bore everyone and be too long. If you talk because you have to cover too much information. If you talked about Jesus and you said, I want to cover the topic of Jesus in one sermon, you cannot. And you'll even make Jesus look boring if you try and cover everything about Jesus in one, to one topic, one week. You can't do that. What, so what, I've, what can happen is you've got a topic, right? I want to talk about grace and you deliver everything you want to talk about grace. And now it's no longer a sermon, it's a lecture. Right? Preaching is not lecturing. I had someone say to me, they said, Ben, you preach so much different from your lecture. And it's like, yeah, because it's different. Lecturing is you cover as much as you can. Preaching, half the thing about preaching is you, what information am I not going to say? And you've got to find it down, find it down. If you can get your topic into a sentence, you're halfway home. So here's an example of a topic going into a sentence. Uh, the topic is praise. One sentence could be three times when you need to praise God. 
Another sentence could be five reasons why you should praise God. Another sentence the next week is world's worst excuses for not praising God. That's all the one topic, but you come at it with different angles and a different sentence. If you can get it down to a sentence, you will now have clarity. One of the things I have people say to me all the time is that I preach with clarity. But the reason why is because of this. This method, getting it down to a sentence. Because then that helps frames how you create the rest of the message. Can you get your sermon down into a sentence? So those of you who gave me a topic... I now want you to give me a sentence. <laughs> so who, who gave me a topic? You, you did, Pastor. Well, your topic was love. What's your sentence? Yeah, ways that God loves me. Yep. Another, another one on what you could do, why does God love me? Okay. Um, times when I need God's love. They're all sentences. You could do a whole year on the topic of love. Um, who else? Who? Yep. Family. Yeah, keys having a strong family. Okay, so you bring it down into a sentence. Someone else? Aaron? How to activate my faith. Or how to grow in faith. You know, that's great. Um, or there's times when I need to exercise faith. Or three reasons why God wants me to have faith. Well, they're all different sermons. You've got a month right there. That way you don't have to live off, you can live off one revelation for a month. You don't need a new revelation every week. Right? You've got one revelation you can live off for a month. Okay? Who else gave me a topic? I'm trying to think. You're, hey? Jesus, Claire. She's run out. She's, she, she should talk about Peter, not Jesus. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Prayer. Yeah, why, would, why do we pray? Uh, rewards of praying. Um, how to have a prayer time. They're all different sentences. They're all different messages. If you can get it down to a sentence. Now, I've had... I, I just, the reason why this is in the forefront of my mind, I just did a preaching intensive, three-day intensive in Melbourne. No, sorry, not Melbourne, Brisbane. And um, they're pretty different. And, um, and there's always someone there that argues with you. That's not my style. That's not the way I do it. And then, and I had some students say that, which usually happens. And then, but then when they got up and they delivered their message, it was pretty random. They were impressed with themselves. But, but it was a little bit random. And I said, you know what? You could easily put a proposition in that. How about this for a proposition? The proposition went in there, it clicked into gear. My wife, when she preaches, she writes sermons and uh, she was doing a women's camp um, down south east Queensland. And, um, she, and, I, and I said, look, what are you trying to say? What, she goes, I'm struggling with this sermon. What are you trying to say? She goes, well, I'm really trying to say, you know, God wants them, these women to know how much he loves them. I said, okay, that's a good start. What are the things you're saying? And she's basically talking about the, the things we can do to help us experience God's love. So I said, well, there's your proposition. Three ways you can experience God's love. Feel it. And it clicked in the gear. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
if you can get that sermon down into a sentence, then you will find from then on, it will keep you on track and it will help you with the formation of the rest of the thing. Get it into that sentence. So now it's natural for me, when, even if I do an expo- – I used to do an expository series. I did 13 weeks on James. I was going to do 22 weeks on Philippians. But even then, each chunk of Scripture, there was always a sentence that would manifest and help me, and help me communicate it clearly, and it helped me write it, okay? So, so uh, proposition is the sermon in a sentence. The next thing is establish the structure. Now, this is where you've, I explain, I personally am a point and proposition preacher. Okay, so have a proposition and have points associated with it. That is my style. I know I have some people are different. Joel Osteen is a one point preacher. If you've ever heard Joel Osteen preach, he gives you right at the start what he's talking about. There's no hiding it, and he just hammers it the whole way through. Now it works really well for him, and also too when people when you hear Joel Osteen, you know what he's talking about, and so he actually struck. I really love the way he structures it. It doesn't work for me because I would run out of things to say, right? So it's different. T.D. Jakes can do everything, but he's primarily a narrative preacher. So what that means is he starts with a text, he dances along it, he takes the text, puts them into boxes of like five minutes, and then at the end goes whack. That is so hard to do. The amount of preachers I know that miss it and mess it up is a lot. The only one a good friend of mine, though, does preach that way. He does preach like that. It's Pastor Sanjay Stevenson. He can preach like that. Another, I've tried to do it. I've actually sat down and tried to write a narrative message and it just came out point and proposition. <laughs> <coughs> so what I'm saying to you is I know there are different styles, okay? I, and I can only teach you one today, but I do like this better in terms of because I think it's easier to do and it's easier to get right, okay? You've got to be really, really good to be a narrative preacher and actually nail it and have people want to hear it again, okay? So, so that, and I, and I'm, I can't teach it because I'm no good at it myself. So, so yeah, so the, stru- now, so the structure, um, so have a key text, key text. Um, I always start, now I'm different, I'm different from the way some of you have been taught, I'm different from what a lot of people teach. I'm probably in the minority nowadays. When it come, and but I still think I'm right. So, <laughs> and when it comes to preaching, you'll have some people say, "Don't start with the scriptures; start with a, a story." Okay, to get people's attention, that sort of thing. I'm different. I say, start with the scripture, then go into a story. The reason being, and I, you, you know, pastors, I'm sure, I hope you would agree with me on this. That when you preach, when you start with Scripture, there's a settling that happens amongst the flock. That's where your authority is coming from. If you start with a story, there's tremors. You feel it. It's like people saying, where is he going with this? What's going on? You know, what's he doing? So when you start with Scripture, you're establishing, yeah, no, this is the authority. This is where I'm coming from. So what I often do is, and you would probably know, and I do it on purpose, read a Scripture and then pray and then start with a story, okay? But we're saying, and now some people say, oh, look, you want to get people's attention. Well, number one, they're already in church. 
So they're going to be here for the next half hour. You'll get your attention somewhere. Okay? Not only that, if you can't read the Bible in front of Christians, we've got a problem. Okay? And so, and then if I do lose them in that 30 seconds I'm reading a scripture, I will get them in in five seconds of the story. Okay? So I say, so that's, now, that's my personal opinion. Okay? But that's the reason for it. Okay? Start with the text. Then you have points. Points. So the points need to be in in alignment with the proposition. Okay? This is all under structure. So, for instance, if you have a proposition of, um, Aaron, what was yours again? Your topic was faith. Ways, ways you can increase in faith. Yeah. Ways you can activate your faith, okay? So all the points have to line up with ways you can activate your faith, okay? So if you have one of them, which is like, Spend, you know, listen to God's word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, that sort of thing. But if you say, but the points have to line up. So if you say faith, ways you can, ways you can activate your faith, number one, uh, daycare. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Or have a date night. That's a different. That's for a different message. Does that make sense? So, sorry, I know that's really random, but <laughs> but the point has to be reflective of the proposition, okay? And so that way, so see how the proposition keeps you in alignment. It keeps you clear. So you take your topic, you put in a sentence. Now you formulate your points, and so however many points you want to have, um, you 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 guys who preach every week, you would know that you can't have too many points and um, because if you have too many points, you take too long. And so if you have too many points, you can split it up and do part two next week and save yourself preparation that week, you know. So, <laughs> okay. I remember one time I went to a church and the guy was preaching on leadership and his points, he made an acrostic of his points and it was called influence. So how many, is that 10 points or something? As soon as I heard that, I thought, this is going to take forever. You know, and right at the end, he's going, oh, I better rush through this. Rush, he's rushing through. And I felt like saying, bro, cut it in half. Do part two next week. Okay? Um, so your points. Now, with your points, it's good to make something memorable of your points. If you can, do them, if you can make something memorable. I've got a message called While You Were Sleeping. And it's, um, it's called, um, and it's out of Genesis chapter 2, how to find God's perfect match for your life. Because God got Adam a wife while he was sleeping, not while he was clubbing. Amen. So, and all the points, all the points were of different lengths. So to make it memorable, I made the first letter, um, the first letters of each point make a word. So the word was sleep. And so each point, start, you know, one side with S, one side with L, one... But it was a, or that way people could remember. And it helped me remember when I was preaching, actually. Didn't need notes as much because I could remember. It was like, I got a message called, um, I think I might have done it here at Port City, World's Worst Excuses for Not Praising God. And, all the, and, and, the, and the word that made the points made was called stupid. So, <laughs> memorable. So, there's other ways you can make it memorable. You can have all the points starting with the same letter. Or there can be some kind of rhythm to it. I did a message about Christ-likeness and it was WWJD. 
okay? And the point started, you know, what would Jesus do? So what often happens is you know the kind of points you want to say, but now what you've got to do is try and crystallise them in a way that's more memorable. I, I would often get a thesaurus out. And if I've got a word that I want to say, but it doesn't, ma- it doesn't not a memorable point, I look up for other words that mean the same thing to try and, to try and lock that in. So I've got one, uh, I've got one message where the, the, they all, all the points started with P. P seems to be the easiest one. All the points started with P, but then I had one point where I, it was about personal, um, ins, um, it was about insecurity or something like that, and I had to find a, no, all the points started with D. And I wanted it, and I had to find a word which conveyed personal insecurity that started with D, and the only one that was called diffidence. So, <laughs> but I put that in there, and so got a bit of a laugh when I said it. But um, so yeah, so try and make those points memorable. Don't have one point one word, the other point five words, and the other one, two words. Try and make them memorable, and that takes a bit of work to try and crystallize, crystallize that. Or maybe you've got an overarching illustrative theme that you're trying to convey and you can use and you could use your points that way. I had a preacher message a number of years ago about how to stay hungry for God, about 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 being spiritually fit. And all the points that I had, um, so I was about being hungry for God, all the points were kind of along that line. So one point was don't eat junk food. Then the next point was exercise regularly. Third point was have regular meals. Now they were actually about spiritual things, but they but they kind of conveyed and illustrated what we're trying to say. So what I'm saying is this, when you're getting your points, try and figure out a way to make them digestible and memorable for people. Because if you do that, you will find it's going to be something that's going to help you with communicating your message. Um, the next, another thing that you can have is a, uh, that's good to do is come up with a title if you can. So there are some, so sometimes a title really helps people remember what you're preaching. So um, I've had different titles over the years. I remember one I was doing a message on humility and the title was how to be, how to be humble and still be so darn good. And so, <laughs> and so people remember that. I've got another message about joy called Come On, Get Happy um, from, you know, the theme song from the Partridge family. Uh, got another message about sacred cows and the title was a meatloaf song because I would do anything for God but I won't do that. Uh, had an, um, so things like that, people remember them when you say it. And, there's, and it's awesome because then you can, you get up, you say, I want to read a scripture and then, um, and then you can say, oh, and you finish reading your scripture and then you can say something like, back in the 90s there was a Swedish group called Roxette which had a song, which is now, famous song which is now still played on easy listening radio stations today called Listen to Your Heart. Some of you might remember it. Listen to your heart when it's calling for you. Anyway, that's the title of my message today. Listen to your heart. Let's pray. As soon as you say that, people remember it, they laugh, and then you get into it. Okay? Now, you don't always have to have that. This morning's message, I didn't have an actual title for it. But if you can have a title, that'll be good. Number six, complete the main body. Complete the main body. So what that means is you want to flesh out everything that you've got there. So you have a key text, you have an introduction. Now, if you're doing, when you do an introduction, so remember how I said this morning, I normally have five kind of, if I'm a guest speaker somewhere, 
you've got to spend a couple of minutes building a bridge or what we call breaking the noise. So if you have someone that you've never heard before get up and speak, or if you've spoken somewhere where no one's heard you, you get up, instantly people aren't listening to you. They've got other questions in their mind. Who are are you? Where are you from? Why are you here today? That sort of thing. So if you're preaching somewhere for the first time, you need to answer those questions. Even if you are somebody who doesn't normally preach and are preaching at your home church, there's still a bit of noise you've got to break. There's still a few, some questions that you're going to want to have to answer. Questions like, they'd be thinking, oh, how are they feeling? Or why are they up there today? You know, if you're preaching at Oasis and, um, and, uh, and you, you might get up and you might say, thank you, Pastor John, for allowing me to preach today. That means that Pastor John's actually let, him up, let you up there. You know, and you might say, oh, look, you know, it's my home church. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, but I just reckon God's given me something today to share, so I'm excited about it. You're kind of easing into it rather than just getting up and saying, okay, turn with me in your Bibles too. Does that make sense? So, part, so you want to break the noise a little bit uh, with your introduction. With your points, each point is comprised of a few things. So your point is made up of uh, explanation, illustration, application. Explanation. So with the so you're explaining the point you've just said at the start. Okay? So with your um with your explanation at the start of each point, it's important to have a scripture reference there. Now you'll notice in my message this morning, there was a scripture reference for each what point. It just so happened to come out of the key text I was using. But if you're doing a topical message which gets scripture from all around, you need to have a scripture for every point. I saw an interview with Billy Graham a number of years ago. He said, God has shown me the secret to preaching. When he said that, I'm thinking, well, tell us. <laughs> you know, what is it? And he goes, the secret to preaching is I have a scripture for every point. What does that mean? He is saying, every time I make a point, the authority for it is not coming from my personal philosophy. It's coming from Scripture. It's the Word that gives authority. And the more contentious the issue, the more Word you need to use. Whenever I do a message on giving, that's the most Scripture I use. Because you're coming against mindsets of people that are resistance to, resistant to it. The way you break through is through Scripture. Not bashing people, but just sharing this. It's the Scripture that makes people disarm. It's a scripture that brings conviction. It's a scripture that brings um, motivation. It's a scripture that brings change. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I hear someone preaching and they're not referencing scripture, in my mind, there's still a question. What are you talking about? Where did you get this from? Whose podcast did you get that from? Right? Not, nothing wrong with podcasts and borrowing people's ideas. I do it all the time. Right? But the point we come from is scripture. So... So you have it, it's a scripture that brings conviction. It's a scripture that will change culture, okay? So each point needs to have a scripture. Illustration. The illustration is generally the fat part of the point. It's the thing you spend the most time on. It's the story, okay? Now, with the illustration, there's a number of different sources you can use. 
You can use personal illustrations. I like using a lot of personal illustrations and for a couple of reasons. One, because they're easier. And number two, there's a, there's a bit of authority when you're kind of given testimony. So if you're preaching a point and you're giving Scripture, but then you're given a personal testimony of something that happened, or even on behalf of somebody else, that just really, you know, puts forward, releases the authority to what you're, say, what you're saying, or you're using it to describe what you're saying. Another kind of exa- um, illustration give is a biblical one, where someone else in the Bible, give an illustration about someone else in the Bible. I've got a message that I've been doing a lot last couple of years. It's called Secrets of My Success, based on Psalm 37. Psalm 37 is basically written by David. So for every point I give from Psalm 37, I give an illustration from David's life and an illustration elsewhere, whether it be my life or somewhere else. So you can use Bible characters, use them as an illustration of how to, of how to do it. Um, you can use um, a story that can help describe what you're trying to say. You can get stories like that off the internet. There's times when you can get something off the internet that absolutely you know, makes the thing memorable but it's the illustration that is the thing that everyone remembers about your message. You could have the greatest revelation, and which, which is good, but I'll tell you what people will remember, the illustration. It's the illustration. So you need to have an illustration for every point. I'll give you an example. I'll, 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 I want to, and I'm sorry, last thing is an application, and an application is how to apply it to your life. I'm going to give you an example right now of myself doing a point, illustration, and application. Is that cool? Okay. Now, basically, this is out of Genesis chapter 2, and it talks about how, uh, and it talks about how God says, I will, he goes to Adam, I will make a helper. This is about how to find your perfect match. Okay, it's for singles. Right? And it's like, uh, and, and, the, the, and we're at the point where God says, to, um, God says to Adam, I will make a helper comparable for you. Wait there. And then he, and the Bible says he goes, brings all the animals past Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever each living creature Adam call, um, called, that was its name. All birds, cattle, beasts of the field, birds of the air were brought to Adam. To see what, and, but then it says, but not a help, suitable helper was found for him. That's the, that's the scripture, okay? Then we'll go into the illustration. I love this story. Watch this. God says, Adam, I'm going to make a helper comparable for you. Wait there. Imagine Adam sitting there going, oh, this is going to be awesome. God goes off into the corner. Brings out a chicken. What do you reckon, Adam? Oh, she's a nice chick, but not for me. Okay, wait there. Moo. Moo. What do you reckon, Adam? Oh, bit of a cow. Um, okay, wait there. Woof. You know where this is going, huh? <laughs> Read your Bible. That's what the Bible says. God said to Adam, I'm going to make a helper comparable to you. And he brought out all the animals. My question is this. What would have happened if Adam didn't exhibit patience? What would have happened if Adam had, God had said, Adam, I'm going to make a helper comparable for you. Wait there. And he goes and makes a fox. And Adam sits there and goes, oh, check out the fox. Starts chatting her up. Hey, baby, 
Your daddy must have been a thief. Stole the stars and put them in your eyes. <laughs> hey, baby, sit down. Your feet must be tired because you've been running through my mind all day. <laughs> I just saw some of the young guys going run through my mind. <laughs> what would have happened? Well, aside from all the biological consequences, Adam would have missed his perfect match. So, girls, the moral of the story is don't take the first turkey that comes your way. Boys, don't take the first chick that comes your way as well. You've got to exhibit patience. See that? So there's a point. Exhibit patience, the scripture, illustration. What do we remember? The illustration. Oh, that was great, you know. And then the application. That was a point. And it had all that structure in there overlaid with communication technique and that, which is everybody's got different levels of that, okay? But the structure is the same, okay? Um, next one. And conclusion and altar call. This is still on the structure. A conclusion could be a recap of what you're saying. I, I, I really like, especially pastorally, if you do a recap of what you're saying, that helps people go back through. The, the amount of times I've had people come up to me and they've said, what was that scripture? What was that point again? Right? So if you do a recap at the end, you might save yourself a bit of that as well. Okay? So recap. Uh, an altar call. Now, depends on the nature of your church. Um, if you're a church that loves praying for ministry right there and then, it's always good to find something in your message that you want to land right there and then. Okay? Um, so, um, and it's, so it might be one thing highlighted. So for instance, in my message this morning, there's lots of things we could have done. You know, we could have said, oh, look, you know, who here knows that they need to repent and need to be in fellowship with other, you know. Or you could say, look, why don't we spend a bit of time praising and worshipping God right now. Or let's spend a bit of time positively caring. Or, which was the point that we landed on, which is the one about we need to straighten some things out in family. Okay? You could actually do a bit of a ministry altar call off any one of those things if you wanted to. Okay? But, I, but obviously, the way that message is structured, my conclusion for that message is essentially actually the photos and showing the family that kind of ties the whole message in and helps land it. So to do anything other than that for that message probably wouldn't be great. Um, so, yeah. And so the last one is this, and I've just gone through all this real quick because of time. Um, practice. Practice. Test the finished article. If you're preaching something for the first time and, it, and it's time-specific, where you have to keep the time, maybe you're doing multiple services. And actually, you can't go over. You've got to stay to time. Then it's good to practice it. One rule of thumb is this. Whatever you practice will be shorter than when you're up in front of people. Because when you're just reading it off, you're doing it more quickly. But when you stand up in front of people, there's a lot more pauses. There's a lot more engagement. Sometimes you start, other things come to your mind and you start delivering that. So whatever you're reading out and practicing, that will... It will take longer. But it is good and it's important if you preach this way to get it clear in your head what the proposition is, what the points are, what the illustrations are. Get that clear in your mind beforehand and that will help you deliver it. it means you won't have to look at your notes as much and that sort of thing. T.D. Jakes has a four-step method for sermon preparation. His is, uh, I think it's four, 
Study yourself, uh, study yourself full. Think yourself clear. Pray yourself hot. Let yourself go. Think yourself clear. Think yourself clear. What illustration? And when you do that beforehand, that will help you. It will help ease fear. It will help keep you on, on assignment. It will help keep you in alignment. If you're doing an offering message, if you do an offering message at church, an offering message is one point. I think, I think all the senior pastors are happy for me to say that. Yeah, yeah one point. A communion message is one point and the topic is already given. It's called Jesus. Amen. I preached at a church once, not in this region. The lady got up before me, did a 45-minute communion message. And uh, I'm sure it was good stuff. I mean, when I woke up, people were interested. But it, Okay, so one point. This helps you keep to time and that sort of thing, but it helps make you clear. Okay, my prayer, uh, so for some of you, if you've never preached before and you're asked to preach somewhere, or even if you do some other kind of speaking, I've done corporate speaking and still keep to the same model. I just don't, pre- I don't, just don't share scriptures. But I keep to the same, it helps with your clarity, it helps with your thinking, it helps with people able to receive what you've got to say. Is that cool? My prayer, people need preaching to be strong and healthy. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Preaching is important. People's lives, how can someone get saved? People go and get saved by hampers. People get saved if someone preached to them. Now, maybe they're only listening because someone gave them a hamper, but they still cannot be saved unless someone is preach, uh, preaches to them. Preaching is important. Amen? I just want to pray. Father, I just thank you for everyone here. I just ask and pray that uh, for those that preach, I, I pray that some of this will have been helpful for them. I ask and pray that your anointing will be upon them. Help them to preach with strength, conviction and clarity. I thank you and praise you for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you.